You're listening to Very Loose Women. You are listening to Very Loose Women. I am currently in the Green Party UK headquarters. There are lots of Vote Green Party posters on the walls. We're in a little side office and I'm with Terry Ranker. So Terry is an MEP who I actually met in 2015 when, 2016 actually, probably more likely, when we were campaigning. I was at the time a member of the Green Party and we were campaigning for people to go and vote in the EU referendum. There was a Brexit vote and funnily enough, we meet again right before European elections after a Brexit vote. So it's quite, it's been quite an odd journey for the UK and likely for you as well. Uh, Terry, so do you want to say a bit more about why you've come to London this time? Well, you know, I had this emotional moment uh, this morning when I realized that this is uh, the first time that I'm here in London after the moment when Brexit was actually supposed to already have happened. Um, So actually, the UK should have left the the EU by now. Um, But obviously, you didn't. So I'm very happy about that to start with. Um, And I came here to support the Green Party in the campaign because uh, obviously the UK is going to participate in the European elections and the Greens always understood themselves as a pan-European movement so I'm also going to other countries and to support the campaign of the uh, the campaigns of the Greens there Um, but obviously it was most important for me also to come here um, to show that um, we fight for changing Europe for climate protection for social justice uh, together um, and to set a strong signal that um, we want this whole Brexit question to be put back to the people Um, so there will be several things happening today and I'm super excited about it and the welcome was already so so warm and so wonderful that I'm very very happy to be here. And are you hopeful for these European elections in the UK? I mean, you know, we always have to fight until the very last moment. And I think for a lot of green candidates that can get elected, um, it's pretty tight at the moment. So this is also another motivation why I've come here, because every vote matters. So we really want to go to the streets. We want to canvas. We we are calling people right now to use any possible channel um, to get it out there that you should vote for the Greens in these elections, that um, there is a very high chance that green MEPs are going to get elected. Um, and that this is something that, um, you know, if you are concerned about Brexit, but also if you're concerned about the climate, um, that this is something that this is an election that you should really, really vote for the Greens. Um, so can you just explain to a British audience who perhaps doesn't have a very strong involvement in the European Union, how the MEP system works and we often hear claims here that the EU is not democratic. I have actually heard that a lot. I went to school in France. You're from Germany. We both know that it is democratic. But if you could explain that to someone who thinks that it isn't. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the European Parliament co-legislates um, European directives and regulations. So every single decision that is being taken on a European level also goes to the European Parliament, which is democratically elected by the citizens of Europe. Um, so if you want to have a democratic voice uh, in Europe, um, then you should really go and vote in the European elections. Um, and the system really works 
um, in a, I would say, even more democratic way than in most of the national parliaments. I worked in the Bundestag before, and there you have um, always a, a governing group of members of parliament and then an opposition, and they fight against each other. And basically every proposal you make from the opposition is definitely going to be voted down. And that's different in the European Parliament because we have changing majorities. So we have at the moment 751 MEPs um, and then around any issue um, you have discussions about what could be a possible compromise, um, how you want this directive, how you want this regulation to look like. And then we really discuss about the matters and not about necessarily what is best for my party, but really about what is best for the European citizens. And I think that that is a very, very democratic way of taking political decisions. So I really enjoy the work in, in the European Parliament. Um, and I think that if people want to get involved, if they want to make their voices heard, they should definitely vote in the European elections. And here in London, I know that our listeners are from beyond London, um, but just as an example, how, how does the system work here on the ground? Well, if you compare it to the national elections in the UK, um, the system works differently because it's a proportional voting system. You, had, you have different regions, for example, London. And then, um, depending on the, the percentage that the party gets, um, these seats are going to be given to the different parties. So it's not a, a majority voting system, first past the polls, um, but you can also vote yeah, for smaller parties and there is a chance that they're actually going to have enough percentage to be elected. And this is also the reason why at the moment um, we have three wonderful green M MEPs in the European Parliament um, and we hope that for the next um, legislature we have at least as many uh, green MEPs uh, and hopefully get more people elected from other parts of the UK as well. Why is it important to vote on May 23rd and in the British context? Well, definitely you should vote um, if you felt, for example, if you voted leave and you felt that you didn't really have a say in how, you know, the European Union is run, how regulations are being made, then this is your chance to influence this. Um, so you should definitely vote. But also, well, especially if you voted remain and you say, no, I, I want to send a strong signal with these European elections um, that we still get a say on whether we really want to leave under these conditions and after having negotiated this, this withdrawal agreement that is on the table right now. Um, and also, and this is maybe not specific for the UK, but all over Europe, um, we have so many uh, votes in the European Parliament that are decided by just one, one vote. So um, sometimes, you know, it means that we even have a... Um, how do you say that when they're... Like a tie. A tie, yes, exactly. Um, so really one vote of one MEP makes a, a really big difference. Um, so this to me shows over and over again how important it is to vote because your vote can make a difference whether the person from this party or the person from another party um, is going to be elected and then this MEP is going to make a difference maybe in a very, very important vote at some point. Um, and that's why it is so crucial to vote in the European elections. So talking about the importance of one MEP, um, how did you become an MEP and why? Well, if you had asked me 10 years ago whether I ever want to be like a, a politician, I would have certainly said no, because um, I was very active in, polit like in political campaigns and different political actions, but I never thought I wanted to get a mandate myself. 
Um, and then before the elections in 2014, when I was first elected, this was the first time I ever ran for a political position. So I'm, I was very um, a newbie, so to say. Um, and I realized that um, what I was really angry about is that there were so few young voices in the European Parliament and in European decision making, um, and that a lot of the decisions that were being taken were actually affecting younger generations much more. And um, I'm speaking about the question of youth unemployment, especially in southern and eastern Europe, and but also about questions of climate change and how we are going to build European democracy, how we are going to strengthen European democ democracy. Um, so I felt that I wanted to change that. And then some friends of mine said, yes, I mean, you should motivate young people to go and vote, but you also have this great possibility to candidate yourself. So why don't you do that? And then at 26, I decided to run for the European Parliament. And luckily, at 27, I was elected to the European Parliament. Um, and from then on, I was trying my best to um, make young voices heard in all debates that we are having um, and not only from Germany I never felt that I'm you know mostly a German MEP I always felt that I'm a European MEP so I cared about what was happening in other parts of Europe as much as what was happening in Germany I think that looking back now um, there are a lot of challenges that you are facing especially when you're a young person being elected to a political position but there are also a lot of great possibilities and a lot of things that you can change so I never regretted the decision so you made it to be an MEP at 27 and then from since then what do you feel you've achieved? Well I think the greatest achievement for me was um, negotiating and then actually having quite a lot of influence on the posting of workers directive. Um, it's a directive that is supposed to set ma uh, minimal standards for um, working conditions, for example, wage, but also working hours and other issues um, for workers that do services in other member states. And um, for me, when we started the negotiations, I never thought that, you know, actually like the likelihood that we would finalize them in this legislature is already very low and that we would have such a great result was something that I never really dared to dream of. And um, then when we had the final vote on it, I realized uh, how much of a difference it makes, again, who is sitting in this parliament, because without overstating my own influence, I think that it was really, really good that um, we had a team of very committed MEPs working on this legislation um, and that we really tried to find a compromise. And then we also managed to convince the council of um, setting higher minimum social standards so that um, workers all over the European Union are better protected. And this was really something for me that um, I will never forget in my life that um, this legislation uh, happened and it became such a good legislation also because of my contribution. And um, what other areas do you feel you want to make an impact in, in, in the parliament? Well, I mean, certainly I've also been working on climate change, climate justice, the question how climate change is affecting men and women differently because many women, especially in the global south, but also in European countries, are disproportionately affected by climate change. And they can also be very, very powerful agents of change. So I worked on that. Um, I work on feminist issues a lot, uh, gender-based violence, the fight against gender-based violence, um, the attack on women's rights we are seeing right now, also in the European Union. So in a lot of member states, actually, things that have been achieved, that have been fought for in the past, 
now under threat because they are especially right-wing forces, fundamentalist Christian forces who are trying to um, create this rollback. So when we talk about sexual and reproductive rights, for example, also when we talk about LGBTI rights, um, there are a lot of people who are trying to um, you know, go back maybe to the 50s where um, the freedom of people was still much more restricted in Europe um, and that's something that I care about a lot not only because I'm affected myself but also because I feel that's really an important issue um, when it comes to um, the overall way how societies work so do we acknowledge every single human being's freedom to take decisions over their own bodies or are we ready to restrict some people's freedoms over their bodies um, so that's something that I that I care about and that I work on a lot as well. You were mentioned in the time people of 2018 did that have any it was on the sexual harassment campaigning that you'd done did that have any impact on on your position in the in the parliament so this is because um i gave a speech in in 2017 um already before the me too campaign started uh, about my own experience with sexual harassment i was actually arrested when i was going back um in my then hometown duisburg at night um and i talked about this in the plenary which apparently gave a lot of people courage to talk about their own experience. I got a lot of messages after that, of especially women writing to me that this was very important for them, that they heard a politician speak about uh, her own experience with sexual harassment. And then one month later, during the, the Me Too campaign, um, there were cases of sexual harassment inside of the European Parliament revealed. Um, and uh, I obviously immediately uh, wanted to do something about that and with pressure from um, other MEPs we managed to get a resolution a very strong resolution adopted um, that set a catalogue of different measures to fight against sexual harassment in the European Parliament not only because we want the European Parliament to be a safe and discrimination free environment for everyone but also because we felt that it's a very kind of setting an example place because if this can happen in a parliament um, you know basically the society um, is seeing that it's something that it's accepted and that we are not doing something about so for me this was very important um, and I was very vocal and very active in this campaign together with other MEPs and a lot of other workers also from the European Parliament and eventually um, then as you know the Time magazine decided to um, award the person of the year to the me too movement and i was one of the people that was then featured you know to to be one of the yeah people involved in the campaign but obviously and i'm always repeating this it was a much much bigger group of people because without the millions of people sharing their experience being brave enough to talk about what they had gone through um none of this would have ever happened so um i'm, I'm very happy about that the time magazine decided to award this to the me too movement because i think that this campaign and this movement really changed something about the awareness on sexual harassment and the problems with sexism that we still have in our societies. What is it like working in Brussels? Like, what are the age of your colleagues? Do you get on with them? I guess we've had some indication from what you said in your last answer, but what is it like working there as a woman? Well, especially as a young woman being elected to a political position, and I think that this is nothing specific about Brussels. I hear very similar um, experiences, for example, from the Bundestag in Berlin, and I worked there myself, so I, I can, I think, I can can share these kind of experiences. Um, you create a lot of irritation, so people are not 
necessarily happy about the fact that there are young women being being elected to positions like this. Um, so in the beginning, um, very often, you know, I was ridiculed or belittled. I wasn't really taken seriously or there, there was, you know, people made fun about me question being repeated over and over again when I want to have children are some people you know commenting that unless you have children as a woman you don't really have enough life experience to be in politics I mean yeah and this is like 2019 that people still think that way which to me is really unbelievable it is also not logical <laughs> no it's not at all and I mean I can say because I have colleagues that are about my age that also experience certain age discrimination but points like this are never made like nobody would ever say to a 18 year old boy or man or to a 25 year old man that they are not supposed to be in politics because they don't have children I mean that's just something that I think you know so you can still see that there is a difference obviously between how men are treated and how women are treated in politics yeah so there were these difficulties and challenges in the beginning of the mandate but then also and this is maybe the positive news that I'm really really trying to to talk about a lot once people realize that you know I'm fighting for my issues I have arguments and I'm really trying to um, change things um, and that obviously I'm I would say that uh, a pretty decent negotiator, then this really changed very quickly. So after a short period of time, um, I think it was much easier for me to work inside of the parliament, even though you still have these experiences with, you know, sexist comments or derogatory comments or, you know, people commenting on your outer looks all the time. This is still something that I'm struggling with, but in the work, in the political work, um, I think it has gotten much, much better. And anyway... Even when you hear, you know, as a young woman, when you hear um, experiences like this and you think, okay, maybe it's not for me to candidate or to be in politics, really don't think that way. Don't let this ever keep you from running for political positions because I also realize that the more we are, the more young women are running and candidating, the more this changes. So really I believe that we can only change the system if we have more people who are different you know also people who come from different backgrounds people with disabilities LGBTI people running for positions like this because in the end we want parliaments to really represent the full diversity in society so we need to have more diverse members of these parliaments as well and that's why I only want to motivate everybody um, who thinks about running for political positions to, to really do that. You've seen a pretty broad cross-section of green activists from across Europe and it's quite um, a singular position to be in. I know green activists in France and in England but it kind of stops there. How do they differ? Are the priorities different? How do you come to an agreement through that? How, like, how does that dynamic work? And what's the difference? Mm -hmm. I think we do have differences. I think not only in different member states, but also within these member states. So if you look at Germany, for example, the Greens in Baden-Württemberg are different than the Greens in Berlin. Um, and you can see that. But if you look at the voting behavior, for example, in the European Parliament, we are the most consistent and coherent political group. So despite our differences and maybe also our different policies in, in certain areas, we get together then we fight a lot we argue a lot about issues but then we really try to get to a common position europe europe wide and i think that's really uh, uh, something that also 
that is unique to us, um, that we have always understood ourselves as a pan-European political force. And we always knew that, you know, environmental challenges don't stop at borders. So if you have nuclear power right, you know, directly behind the border, it, you know, if something happens, it's not going to change the, the impact just because you, you, it happens in a different country. So I think that this is something that all Greens really have in common, this knowing that politics need to be done on a you know, broader scale than just looking at your own national perspective. Um, and that really helps us to also get through um, if we have differences, different point of views on certain issues. Um, so the work in the European Parliament and also the work with the Green Parties in the different member states, even if we have disagreements, is still always led by trying to find a common ground and trying to work on the political situation together. And last question, why vote green? Why do we need to? Because first of all, if we want to save this planet, we have to do it now. The time is really running up. We maybe have a time window of 10 more years to make a change. If we don't do that, then we are all going to be screwed, basically. So um, the Green Party has proven in the last years that we are ambitious, that we are clear and that we really are going to do something about this. That's the first reason. Um, and I, I think the second point for me really is that we are seeing a growing wave of authoritarian right-wing movements all over Europe, not only here in the UK, but in many other places in Europe as well, also in Germany. And the Green Party has always stood up against that, against racism, for democracy, for rule of law. Um, we have a very clear track record. And I think that if you want to live in a Europe um, that you know, is trying to find common answers to common problems, um, then you should definitely vote green. Thank you so much for chatting to me and good luck this afternoon with the campaigning while you're here. Thank you. That was me, Leo, speaking to Terry Reinke. You can find out more about Very Loose Women at VLW Radio on Twitter, on Instagram, and then we are on Facebook as well, Very Loose Women. We also love getting posts at Resonance, 144 Borough High Street. Uh, so pop us a postcard and don't forget to vote if you are in Europe. <laughs>